When Ben said Brother Steve, y'all thought it was Steve Worley, didn't you? Well, it is. I'm just going to read Scripture. If you'd like to follow along, I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. Matthew 10, 13 through 16. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that home or town. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on a day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Good morning. I'm back. And it's great. I love it. Y'all look like family to me. I've been waiting for a month, and this is the shortest trip I've made in years. Really, I just, I did not plan to go back to Nigeria when I came home in July, but I needed to go back, and so I only went back for a month. And you know, each trip uh, is kind of uh, different. Everything's different sometimes. Sometimes I'll spend the whole trip in the mountains. Sometimes I'll spend it in the city. Sometimes I'll spend it in the prisons. This trip, I guess, if you could typify one thing, is this trip, this whole year, is kids. Let me show you. If I can get these lights. Now, let me get technically advanced here. Okay, can we show that, or do I have to do anything? I need to turn on my mic. It's one thing. We have all this technology in Nigeria. It's just running by a little generator outside the back, and it doesn't work because it doesn't have any gasoline. Am I on? There she is. You know, Jesus says, suffer little kids to come unto me. And this year has been kids. Kids everywhere. And you know, 70% of the population in Nigeria, of 170 million people, 70% are under the age of 15. So we've got kids everywhere. And you know, when we started the work over 30 years ago, there wasn't nothing up in the north in Nigeria, so we concentrated on adults. We started converting people and building buildings. And then we really had to push on buildings. So we just kind of ignored the children and the women for years. And then Didi started coming over and uh, teaching the ladies how to hold Bible classes and how to uh, hold ladies' classes and ladies' seminars. And then the ladies started teaching the kids. And then all of a sudden, it was not just buildings and adults, uh, men. It was kids' classes. So we had to add classrooms and everything on. But this year it's just been kids and it keeps growing and growing and growing. I don't know where the end's going to be, but I'm going to take you today uh, to some of the places that we went to this year. And I'm going to show you what God has done and what he continues to do in our ministry. This is not my work. This is far from being my work. This is your work. Our work. The Lord's work. You're as much as vital to this work as I am. You, most of you could do what I do. You wouldn't be as good looking, but most of you could do what I'm doing. Uh, it's because God is with us and he keeps delivering us no matter what happens sometimes. God is with us. 
I'm gonna, first thing we did was in uh, March, we went to Chad. We had some three uh, men graduate from the country of Chad where when we started there was no Churches of Christ at all. Those three men went back into southern Chad and started a church, started to work together uh, and built a big old church building uh, that grows real good. I hope you can see that. Uh, now they've got it plastered and painted and it really looks good. It took me 12 hours to get to this place from the airport and it took me 20 hours to get back. I didn't think I was going to come back because the car kept breaking down. But it's no drinking water, no, no running water, no electricity and it's down in the, in the jungle, southeastern or south, southern part of Chad, which is uh, French speaking. And these three graduates went back of ours, preachers, started a church, and then they started, uh, started educating kids. They wanted to start a school, so they started a school in about 14 different villages, sent their children over to here to, to school. And uh, they called for volunteer teachers. The congregation is about 350 strong, and uh, the kids showed up. They showed up, and they kept showing up. And we uh, ended up with 651 children in school. 651 kids in school, no building, no chalk, no electricity, no running water, and 651 children to educate five days a week. It was chaos. All the teachers were volunteers, so it cost us nothing. And inside this group of 651 kids, we found 57 orphans. Didn't have a family. They would come and hide out in school and to learn how to read and write because they didn't want to grow up ignorant. And uh, when I went, they said, well, you want to buy everybody a present? And I said, right. I'm going to buy 651 kids a present. I said, what do I buy them? They said, well, buy them some cookies. They call them biscuits, but they're little cookies in a pack. There's about 10 in a pack. And so I bought a carton of cookies and took them down there. And they, uh, we cut them apart and put them on trays. And then they, they called the 12 classrooms of over 50 kids apiece. They called them out into a compound, okay? Now, on our website, it's a nine-inch video, or nine-minute video, about these kids coming out of their classrooms, and they're, they're marching, of course, and they're singing in French, and, and uh, what we did is we started with a, a curriculum that was uh, government curriculum, and then we added Bible and English to it, so they were singing in English, some of them were singing in French, and some of them had legs this long, <laughs> and there was, there was 12 classrooms. There were 12 classes of people. And they, they brought them out, and I was crying like a baby. I mean, it's unreal. The, the, it's 120 degrees. There's the dust, and, and they're marching, okay? Some of them are singing, uh, in French. Some of them are singing, I've decided to follow Jesus. And that's what really brought the tears. And, uh, and they're marching. You got 12 groups there. Uh, of 50 apiece, okay? And they're all, in 10 years, they're all going to be adults. You know that. They're all going to be Christians. You know, 10 years sounds like a long time. Do you know Ben Coleman, 10 years ago, was 7 years old? Just high. The guy that's this high now is only this high now. Alright? 7 years ago, right? I mean, that's right. You're not even married yet. Okay? Ten years ago, he was seven years old walking down the aisle collecting the, the cards. Now he's lead singing. Imagine what those 
651 kids or 56 kids are going to be in 10 years in Southern Chad. It's a whole battalion and they're all marching. It was just, it was unreal. And the work's growing. It's growing in Southern Chad and it's going to continue to grow because the people love the Lord and all of them think it's good luck to touch a white man. Okay, so they all want to touch me. And so I'm the most popular guy in a 20 mile radius of that town. Uh, they think I'm pretty. They really do. Uh, it's a good place for me to live. And the kids are the same. I don't care what color they are or what age they are. The kids are kids. They all want to learn. They all want to know what's going on. We had shacks. I mean, it's just corn cob shacks. They're made out of corn stalks and they're sitting on bricks on the ground and they'll sit there and listen and learn for all day long. And now we have people that are buying buildings. They're uh, in memory of their wife or their kids, like Bernice uh, here at this congregation did in Uganda. They uh, give the money, they dedicate a building, and we're building classrooms. We're going to build classrooms for these kids, and we're going to teach them English, we're going to teach them French, we're going to teach them math, we're going to teach them the government curriculum. It's registered with the federal government. In fact, the federal government even sent us a teacher. Uh, from the federal government to work with us for nothing. These are the classrooms we're building. These are classroom block buildings. There are 50 kids in each, each classroom. There's two classrooms in each building. And the uh, first one was built by uh, Brother Lou Money, uh, or Bill Money, out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, for his wife. And, you know, it's something they wanted to do. And we'll build 12 of those buildings, or six of those buildings have 12 classrooms. We've got a clinic there now. And it's growing. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the power unto God to salvation. The power is not in me and you. The power is in the gospel. The power is in the message. The power brings about things in people and changes in people's personalities and, and lives that defy the imagination that you can't even imagine what God is going to do with you when you give your life to him in his service. To be the best parent you can be. To be the best teacher you can be. To be the best, best American you can be to be the best person you can be and have Christ living within you. He'll do things in your life that defy the imagination. Let me tell you, I've seen it, I've witnessed it, I've lived it, and I continue to live it today as a man 74 years old running around the bush of West Africa and people look at me and say, you're not old, and I say, I'm old, and they say, no, you're not old, and I say, I'm old. They say, are you over 70? I say, yes. They say, you're old. How does it happen? I don't know how it happens. I know why it happens, because God wants it to happen. And all I'm just as a servant, and you as a servant of God, can live a life that defies the imagination. This is one of the most beautiful pictures I took. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I'm a Christian, okay? But this is in a church building in Chad, okay? <laughs> you have reminders. You see what it says on his shirt uh, of the President of the United States, okay? You have reminders of America everywhere. We are the greatest nation in the history of civilization, I believe. Maybe the Roman Empire might be a little bit better or longer. But we are the greatest people in the world. I believe that with all my heart. We have the greatest nation. We have the greatest people. We have the best education. We have everything that mankind needs 
in this country. And this is just a reminder of, of people I don't know. Uh, I went over into Joss after a couple weeks in uh, Chad, we went over into Joss to the school where the Boko Harim is a terrorist group in northeastern Nigeria. I uh, went in there and uh, met with our follow-up men. These are evangelists that are supported by members of this congregation, uh, personal evangelists that are supported with their own uh, funds, personal funds that have been working in northern Nigeria among the Muslim population for years. They're good men, they're married, they're out in the middle of nowhere. We call them together for a year, or for a week every month, or every year. Uh, they're good men. They're quality men. They're men that have given their life in service to Christ, uh, that love the Lord. Uh, we lose some every once in a while, about every other year. We lose one or two to the extremists. Of course, the School of Biblical Studies celebrated its 25th anniversary last year. Uh, we, we are now up to 119 students. Uh, 129 students, 30 of our students are women now. We've opened our doors to women about three or four years ago. Now we're up to 30. They're all living in the village next to the, con next to the campus because we haven't built our dorm yet. We've got to build a dorm. This is our male dormitory. We have, it's designed for about 30 students. We have 70-something students living in, in the male dormitory. Everything is close. Our, cla our classroom, our administration buildings, we built this one. Uh, our library, we built this one. This is our newest one, our classroom block building. We build. We're building all the time. Fried Harmon builds, Lipscomb builds, all of the schools in our brotherhood keep continue to build because we're growing and we continue to grow. This is the guest house you'll stay in. You can come. You can come to Joss. And you, 18 members of this congregation, well, 20 members of this congregation now have been to Nigeria. And we haven't lost one. We brought all 20 back. I tell the elders' wives that for 50 extra dollars, I'll take your husband one way. God is gracious. God is so good to us. And he blesses us beyond measure in all of our lives. And you can come and witness what, what God has created uh, and caused to be built in Nigeria uh, and spend some time with us. This is our new male dorm that we started uh, last year, last fall. Uh, we're building it on a hillside, so it takes a lot of work. First, we have to uh, blast the rock. Uh, this is, I went around the campus all day long and telling everybody we had a workshop on campus that at three o'clock we're gonna blow up some rock in the back behind the library to start our foundation. And don't be a frightened, just uh, bear with us. At three o'clock it's gonna go. Well, we went at three o'clock and had two big blasts and then about 3.10 they had two big blasts downtown and blew up hundreds of people in town. So you have one uh, Lord's people building uh, for his kingdom and you have Satan destroying for his kingdom at the same time downtown. It continues to on and it's going to continue forever, so we just well to get used to it and keep on going. Of course, we had to lay the foundation on a hillside, had to include 14 more rooms, and this is uh, coming along. It's moving along. This time I went over and we poured the floor on the 14 rooms downstairs and then the main floor upstairs. Uh, it's a piece of work. It's, uh, it's the biggest building in the whole area. 
it's going to take enough students for us to, uh, for the next 10 years, we're going to continue to grow. Uh, I've got a dark picture here. Of course, our faculty is second to none. I believe we have the best school in our brotherhood outside the United States. We have two PhDs on staff right now with four more coming. We have eight different tribes represented in our, in our staff uh, and they're all, they've been there for the last 15 years. They've all experienced, they're the best school I believe in Africa. We have students from, right now we have students from seven countries, different countries in Africa uh, in our student body. We've graduated people from all over the world that went back to their, uh, their countries. This is where we started with 15. This is how many we've got now. We've got 128 students all told, uh, 44 just this year, and 30 male or female students. They're uh, second to none, I'm telling you. Uh, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't believe what you see on campus right now. Uh, and we continue to grow. We, have to, we teach both Greek and Hebrew. We have two years of Greek, two years of Hebrew to get our, our degree from uh, the University of Jos. Our graduates that get their degrees have to spend one year in government service before they get their degree. Uh, they go into the Youth, National Youth Service Corps for a year after attending boot camp and they serve the federal government in Nigeria for a year, somewhere in Nigeria. Uh, this is the 35 that we graduated in May. They go all over the country. We got them from South Sudan to Australia. We got them from Bangladesh over to Liberia. This year we got our first student from, what's that, Sierra Leone. Uh, he came in, uh, he's gonna seek a four-year degree. He's from Sierra Leone. The, the uh, Ebola epidemic killed his mother two years ago, it took him a year to get to us. he come across West Africa to come to Jaws. He knew, that, he knew where he needed to go, he knew where he wanted to go, it took him one year to get to us. He's there now, and you wouldn't believe the enthusiasm this guy has for his studies after a year of traveling to get to us. We have extension courses where we, we go out twice a year, we send out our whole staff and we hold Bible courses. We have Bible courses and uh, college courses, university courses, that, and a two-year study program for farmers and for people in the villages. This is one guy, that the middle guy is the father. He's the farmer. He couldn't come to Jaws. He had to stay in his village, so we took our faculty to him, gave him a two-year degree in Bible, while his sons were at Jaws. Uh, getting four-year degrees in Bible. So we reach out to just about anyone that is interested in studying the Bible itself. We have an agricultural program, two-year agricultural program, and this time Savannah is the capital of the world, the catfish capital of the world. We have six ponds on campus. We're going to teach our people how to be people of Savannah. We're going to teach our people to grow catfish. We have over 2,500 fingerlings catfish. We're feeding catfish. We teach our preachers how to raise vegetables, and we teach them how to raise catfish. Next time I go over, I'm going to teach them how to cook catfish. And then I'm going to teach them how to use and grow hush puppies. 
Uh, we, we're building these kennels now for these hush puppies. Right? God is good, I'm telling you. Uh, about the time you think that, you know, uh, he, he's through with you, he, he opens up another door. He opens up another a portal. He opens up another avenue that you can travel down with your students, with the people. Uh, these are our, these are our uh, fish tanks. We're going into poultry. Last trip uh, would be when I was home in June. I spent a day down with a poultry farm where a guy has 100,000 chickens. We're going to start a poultry and uh, teach our men how to raise chickens. Not 100,000, but chickens. And uh, we're going to teach them everything they need to know. They can go into foreign countries, Libya. They can go into Australia. They can go into the uh, Seychelles Islands. They can feed their families on what they raise and they can preach the gospel. Of course, we send out uh, our evangelism. Every student, every weekend, every teacher goes on evangelism. That's been the primary since we began, and it'll continue as long as we're there. Every teacher, every student, every weekend in evangelism. We baptize people into Christ every, every weekend, Lord willing. Uh, when we're there. We have our annual lectureships. Uh, we have our Bible correspondence courses that we've started in the north now. We'll start a radio program soon. We baptized 35 out of our Bible correspondence courses. And then in June, what I did is I finished up in Nigeria and I went on over to Uganda. And from Uganda, I welcomed my lovely wife, Dolores, of 51 years, whom I love deeply. That's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay. And she came over with 13 people from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we did a VBS. They did it two years ago, and we went all over Uganda and uh, went up to the school that Bernice, one of our members of this congregation, built this building. She provided uh, the funds with the elders to build this building of a school in northern Uganda. Uh, we went up there and we uh, traveled all over doing VBSs at schools. They would, we would drive into a school campus and it might be 500 students. They'd call, call all the students out. Uh, we would put up uh, the background against uh, our buses and we would have plays and uh, preaching and teaching and baptisms right there during the day. We went to we went to hundreds, or it seemed like hundreds of schools. I'm sure we went to 20 or 30 schools. Of course, Didi got a chance to visit with old friends that had come to Nigeria for an education from Uganda. This is Joyce Apamako. She has five children. She's a teacher at the school. She's a cook at the school. She's a farmer. Uh, she's everything known to mankind almost. She's a wonderful person. But we would find churches and we'd find schools and we'd teach them the gospel. We baptized them, and the kids were everywhere. You can see everywhere we went this year, there were kids, hundreds of kids. And that just uh, typified the whole year for us. Uh, they were everywhere. And we'd go in and we'd eat with people. This is a, a guy had a room the size of uh, uh, my office just about and he put uh, 30 people in there and served us dinner <laughs> you don't ask what you eat over there you eat and don't say it uh, and everybody was we brought back everybody 
Uh, everybody had a good time, and everybody will probably go back again. And then, as a special treat to my wife, uh, I uh, decided we decided that we had taken Elder and his wife from uh, Gardendale, Alabama, who had never been overseas before. Him and his wife decided they would come over with us with the VBS, and we would stop by Scotland, where we used to live for three years uh, back in the 70s. And I would preach at a congregation that we started in our house in Scotland 40 years ago. Huh? Is that pretty good? 40 years ago, we moved to Scotland with a wife, a wife and two children. We started a house, or started a church in, in our house in Scotland. And for the next three years, we preached the gospel and grew. Uh, we got a double-decker bus and all the other stuff. And uh, really had a good time. Well church is still there. church is still operating. 40 years later, but all the people looked old. For some reason, I don't know why, but all the people looked old and we, we come back then. And uh, this trip when I went back, the Boko Haram has, has sealed off northeastern Nigeria and has killed over 10,000 people in the last six years. That's a Muslim extremist group. They've sealed it off. They've put uh, dead animals in the wells. They've burned all the schools. They've burned all the police stations. They've burned all the banks. They've decimated the whole place. We have hundreds of churches of Christ in that area. Our brethren are very strong in that area. And they've decimated that area. What I went back with, I wrote an article for the Christian Chronicle when I come back in July and people describing the slaughter that was going on in northeastern Nigeria and people started sending money to our, our funds here at the church for the Chibok people. So I took those funds and took them to Nigeria, set up a bank accounts and set up committees and we started uh, looking at how devastated the place was over there and what we could do about it. Well, we decided that the ones that were suffering the most were the children in that area. They had not been to school in six years. And if you wait another four years, you've lost a whole generation of kids that can't read and write. So what we did is we set up committees with the Churches of Christ out of that area that are in Nigeria to take the children, to take the children into their homes take the children into their local schools that are, a lot of them are boarding schools, and uh, to uh, educate those children uh, as church members. And we've done that, and it's working. And uh, uh, we had one set up with the city of Newman that was, uh, there was 30 children that were supposed to show up from, from Chibok. The families were going to bring them down to Newman, the uh, city of Newman, to the, our church there with our preacher. And, and I went through the whole thing with him. You know, if you take 30 kids, you're going to be a, a mother to 30 kids. They're going to be in boarding school, but you're going to have to answer all the medicines. You know what I'm talking about, Amanda. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I told him, I said, this is going to happen now. Are you, are you ready up for that? He says, well, if the Lord delivers, I'll take care of them. So I called him the other day, or yesterday, and said, did the 30 children show up? He said, no, 57 children showed up. So he's got his hands full. But that typifies what the church in Nigeria is capable of doing, and, and is willing to do, and is doing. We've got uh, uh, probably 150 kids now 
throughout our churches uh, in northern, northeastern Nigeria that are being raised by our Christian families that are getting an education. And when Boko Haram gets defeated and they're able to go back home, they'll, they'll have an education of sorts better than what they would have if we didn't. And that's the beauty of this gospel that we preach. The gospel that we preach is for everybody, no matter who they are, no matter what their economic base is, no matter where they're at, no matter what they're doing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There's not a child in this world God does not love. There's not a man or a woman in this world that God does not love. That God does not bless with rain and sunshine and good weather and children and family. God blesses every person that he's created. But he's given us, his people, the church, the only thing in this world that Jesus built. The only thing that he built. He came to this earth to be a sacrifice for our sins and to build something that is the most precious thing that we can experience. And that's not salvation. That's the church, I believe. We can see it. We can live it. We can touch it. We can love it. Because we're part of it. You're my family. You're the church. You're what Jesus built. And I'm what he built. There's no junk in the church. We're all precious in the eyes of God. We are chosen by God, built by Jesus Christ, and loved by both of them. And given the Holy Spirit and the Bible for our guide. There is nothing, nothing that God has created that we can't have. If we want it, if we need it, if it's in accordance with his will, if it'll be good for us. He'll give it to us. That's what he says. Jesus said, I have come to give you life. Life. And without him, you don't have it. You can't get it. You can't buy it. You can't experience it. You can't do it without Jesus Christ in you. He says, believe in Jesus Christ. Believe in God. Believe in the Holy Scriptures. Believe in who I am. Believe in what I've done for you. Submit yourself to be buried in the likeness of his grave. In that watery grave. In baptism. With Christ. That's where we meet the Savior. That's where he is. I told people in Nigeria, you want to meet Jesus? I can tell you where he is. I know where he is. He's right here on this earth. He's right there. Paul says in Romans 6, For we are buried with Christ by baptism into death. That's where he is. That's where we're buried with him. That's where we meet him. That's where you meet Jesus. Because that's where he is. And that's the beauty of it. Everyone's qualified. You just have to believe and repent, confess, submit your body to be killed, to be buried, to be crucified, to be raised in the newness of life. I love you. I thank you with every ounce of blood that is in me for the precious way you've treated my family and myself these 18 plus years. I used to be a young man here. I parted my hair on the right side and nobody noticed. But that's the church. That's what I expect of you. Because that's the precious gift all of us have. We're to love one another. There's nothing more precious in my life than you. Maybe I don't express it sometimes the way I should. 
But there isn't. Never will be. Because Jesus built it. Listen. If you're not a Christian, you need to be a Christian. There's no better life. I know I've lived both sides. There's no better life in this earth than being a Christian. And there's nothing you can't do if you are a Christian. If it's in accordance with God's will, and it's good for you. If you're subject to the gospel invitation, won't you come while we stand in the same place? Uh -huh.